2: Namaste, yogis. I'm Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed Podcast. I believe one of the most enlightening things that you can do for yourself is immerse yourself in the spirit of yoga. Yoga is union. And when we unite, together we inspire flight to uplift the world. Your path to awakening the transformative power of yoga starts now.
3: What yoga means to me on on a deeper level is is that accountability, is the accountability to doing the work to really be connected in like the biggest way possible. And it's not just about connection with other human beings, it's connection with yourself, with your authenticity, with the person that you want to become because it's an ongoing journey always. Yoga is such a great subtle mirror or obvious mirror, depending on how you want to play it.
2: Today, I have a truly heartfelt interview for you with the mobility man himself, Hiro Landazuri. Are you in for a treat with this one? Because it's full of helpful tips on changing your mindset to optimize your time and create sustainable results in your life. In this deep dive, we go into the practices and habits needed to really manifest your best self. Listen close as Hiro reveals how he went from 60 pounds overweight and completely unhappy to strong, mobile, and manifesting his highest purpose in every present moment on this outstanding episode of the Yoga Revealed Podcast. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to another epic episode of the Yoga Revealed Podcast. And today I have the absolute honor of sitting across from Hiro, one of my great friends. Hiro is an incredible yoga teacher, and he's someone who I really admire in really stepping outside of their comfort zone to make a positive change in their life. How's your day been today?
3: My day is fabulous. Thank you, Andrew. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
2: Definitely. Definitely. I was like, you know, I really want to get this new year started with some people who have really transitioned in their life and really take in the steps to take their life to the next level so that our yoga listeners can really listen to what it takes to take the life to the next level. But before we get into that, I want to get into some of your humble beginnings, where you came from, where you grew up, and
3: where your yoga journey first began. Well, uh, I grew up here in Los Angeles, born and raised, and I actually got into yoga from my dad we both were runners he's still a runner and i used to have terrible shin splints Mm -hmm. so he was like you gotta come with me to this class that i tried the other day it's great for your legs and i was like okay sure if it helps i'll do it so my first yoga class was at a gym and um i went in there and during the class i was like this does nothing and I woke up the next day and I was so sore. So naturally I, I went into it because it provided me with a new sensation with my body. Mm-hmm. And I and I really enjoyed that and it really supported all the running that I was doing. And of course, over the years it, it changed a lot. And I dove into the spirituality piece and the history and then just getting into the deeper connection to my breath deeper connection to my soul really and now we're here connecting everything that i believe with the science and the medicine with the spirituality and just realizing that so many of us hold ourselves back and what we really really crave is being seen authentically and operating from that authenticity that's sharing it
2: Definitely. Well, I feel that for sure. I feel like, you know, just in meeting you um, back in the day with Julio, (laughs) you know, running around practicing yoga, I think that like the first time we really connected was in Mackenzie Miller's class um, when she was teaching over at Red Diamond a long time ago. And, um, you know, I I remember you just being so happy and, and sweet And I was like, this guy's like, he's a good dude, you know? And we used to call you Panda. Yes. And and at that time, I mean, I, it wasn't, you know, a derogatory term, but it was, you know, obviously based on, you know, your sweetness, but also somewhat so on your weight. Yes, it was. I remember like you just being, you know, a little bit heavier. A lot
3: heavier. He's being nice. uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, What 60 pounds to be exact. Wow.
2: Wow. 60 pounds. Wow. And, and what made you really decide to, to make that change, not only in your physical being, but how did that also affect you mentally?
3: Well, you know, I've been trying to manage my weight for years. And I actually had an eating disorder for like 16 years since I was 14. And really that was revolved around wanting to fit in, wanting to not be bullied anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, And obviously, after 16 years, it doesn't really work. It's not sustainable, even though that's a long time. And I found myself taking two, three yoga classes a day, every day, especially with the Instagram, you want to create content and create beautiful shapes. And it just was tearing up my body. And finally, one day I just stopped and I was like, I don't like this. This is not sustainable. I'm going to be 50 years old and not be able to walk. Mm. It's just not going to work out. So, um, I had the gift of also going through a breakup around that time. And what came up was the realization that it wasn't that I wasn't finding the right partner. It was, I was so obsessed with holding on to My limiting beliefs and my way of being around those limiting beliefs, like those old stories that um, I am the way that I am because of my father, I am the way that I am because of my upbringing, my childhood. And when I became more committed to getting better and just living the way that I want to live and having the life that I want to have over those stories, that's when I started losing weight. So essentially, just by dealing with the emotions, the weight literally just came off. And without dieting, practicing way less, maybe three, four times a week, as opposed to two or three times a day. And that changed everything. So would you say
2: that it was your your beliefs or would you say that it was your practice? Like what actually triggered the weight loss? Was it
3: stress? Yes, holding on to stress, holding on to emotions, Once I actually started watching some YouTubes, listening to some podcasts, journaling, meditating, and whenever I felt the discomfort of my truth just confronting it as opposed to running away, um, that's when the weight just came off. I think for a lot of practitioners, we use yoga sort of like Tylenol where we don't feel good about something in our lives so we go to yoga class we feel better but then we go back to the way that we live when really if we use yoga to create the space to then have an elevated mindset and operate from that that's where the growth happens and I was using yoga as Tylenol but now I use yoga just to free up space so I can work through stuff
2: definitely yeah. and and just to kind of give some context, I mean, you come from a medical background, right? Right. And um, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, see the Instagram, they see like all these awesome postures and your flexibility and your strength. Um, Where did that first come from? Where was like, just give us like the ground, like the base level here. Like when did your yoga journey first begin as an actual practitioner who Mm -hmm. wanted to become a teacher?
3: okay well I started yoga when I was 17 Mm -hmm. and um, I really fell in love with the practice Um, it was right around the crash back in 2008 Mm -hmm. at this time I was um, a scientist so I wrote a book in organic chemistry for my college and and when the crash happened I was like you know what I'll be fine I have a couple of chapter publications under my belt. I'll be able to find a job. I could not find a job. I even applied as like a busboy to a restaurant and they didn't give me that job. I was like, give me anything. I'll like wash cars. I'll park cars. I'll do anything. And um, couldn't find any work. And one day at my university, the gym manager was like, hey, I always see you coming into this room and just kind of doing your own thing, practicing yoga in between classes. Do you want to teach a class? And immediately I said yes, you know, (laughs) because it was money. I didn't even care how much I was getting paid. It was something. So I said yes, and I had no idea how, how to teach, to be completely honest. And I didn't do a teacher training. This was... I think Yoga Alliance was formed back in 2008, so actually this might have been 2007, mm-hmm. late. And I just, I just remember going home and studying everything. Everything from public speaking to the history, just diving a little bit deeper than what I was getting from these community classes. And uh, that's when I started, started teaching. And every day I showed up, I just always wanted to be a better teacher. So anytime someone asked me a question and I didn't know the answer, I didn't lie. I said, I don't know. But if you come back two days from now, when my next class <laughs> I'll, I'll have an answer for you. And mm. I did that for years. And I would go home and just watch yoga classes on YouTube from my favorite teachers, from these famous teachers. And I would just play them for hours, hours in the background, just so I can pick up on ways of speaking and languaging and all of it sequencing alignment everything <laughs> and that's how I got there <laughs> awesome and
2: what would you say is you're teaching now like what do you really wish to convey in your classes
3: well if I could give a little backstory so I actually started out with Ashtanga for like six years and then I went to Iyengar for a little bit and then just dynamic vinyasa, one thing I noticed was my body was getting pretty torn up. with Even though I can do these crazy postures, throw my leg behind my head, it just didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, until one day, I actually tore my LCL, my ligament in my knee. And I was like, okay, something is definitely not right. And I started searching for different answers. And And I was like, wait, I have all this experience with anatomy and physiology and going to med school for um, transplant surgery or especially around heart surgeries. So why don't I just combine this knowledge? And there was a lot of internal resistance at first because in my mind, yoga was supposed to be a very specific way. Postures were supposed to be a very specific way. But on the flip side of that, I was waking up every single morning with pain. And the only time I would feel good is if I hit a yoga class. And then i feel good afterwards for a couple hours, but then back to my baseline was pain. So I decided I'm going to combine all this kinesiology, physiology knowledge with these yoga postures and try to find something that didn't reflect a yoga pose, but just function, like higher levels of function in my body. So even if that meant weird exercises and weird postures (laughs) like I'm posting on my Instagram, and it really, really changed. And I tested this out on a few people, a few friends who have different backgrounds. One girl had five knee surgeries. Another friend was an ex-boxer, so really tight. Another friend had a hip flexor injury from childbirth, right? So just testing out these exercises on different injuries, different body types, And they all experienced massive growth, massive healing in a very short amount of time. So I was like, okay, I got to bring this to the world. I just got to do it.
2: And Um, so now I feel like a lot of your teachings are based on mobility, right? Yes, mobility. Um,
3: What is mobility? So, yes, I'm glad you asked that. So just just so we're clear, what I focus on is end range mobility, which means that you are working on flexibility and strength at the same time. But you're not doing it in a way that's leveraging against, like, the ground. For example, when we get into the splits, we're, like, lengthening out as long as we can. My goal is if I'm going to come into the splits, I want to be able to get out of the splits without using my hands. So whenever people – and I'm using splits as an example because that's the most common injury that I see hamstring around getting into the splits. And it's never while we're in the splits that someone gets injured. after. It's when they're trying to get out or when they're trying to get in. But the reason for that is because the muscle needs to engage. Yeah. So what I do is I keep the muscle that I'm targeting engaged the whole time and going to the maximum range that it can go on its own. Mm-hmm. And that's just purely building function.
2: So, so are you ever into, say, like weighted stretches, that kind of thing? no. Cause no. I, I see a lot of that trending nowadays, like people like, you know, like putting 45 pound yeah. weights on their back and getting into, you know, pancake splits or quote unquote Kermasana. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if that's really good for the muscles. You know, it's like, you may get that elasticity for the next three minutes, but afterwards the repair.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just read an article, um, that showed that passive stretching doesn't really have any longevity uh, sustainability around finding that mobility, right? That strength in flexibility over the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually from a physical therapy journal type thing. I can't remember. But <laughs> I can find it.
2: So when it comes to mobility in the yoga practice today, um, what do you find are three of the main things that we need to focus on to really find the longevity of our practice and incorporate mobility into our practice?
3: So I think the thing to understand is if you do perfect alignment around any pose, around any practice, and that's the only thing that you do, you'll develop something called repetitive stress syndrome, which means that uh, essentially you'll get injured. It doesn't have to be in a big way. It could be minor injury because you're doing it repetitively. Which then means that even if you have perfect alignment, you'll still get injured. So what's the solution? Finding different movements in as many directions as possible and change it up as often as possible. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I teach is I like to focus. Yoga always focuses on flexibility and strength. Um, And I do this one exercise that's really hilarious. And I don't know if I can... I can do this on a podcast, but I'm going to try this be the first time ever. (laughs) Describe it to us. Yes. So basically, you're holding your right hand out, and you're making a fist, and then you do a thumbs up with your right hand, then you point with your left hand, and then you switch at the same time. And the idea is, you're strong enough to hold your thumb out, you're flexible enough to hold your index finger out, but that movement is really challenging did you all of a sudden become weak or not flexible there's another element to movement there's another element to using our bodies which is coordination and that's what i try to bring in on my instagram and my yoga classes and my workshops so finding that combination really really drives home that functionality for our way of being physically I
2: feel that that exercise is really a focusing of your neuroplasticity and your awareness of your mind-body connection.
3: Absolutely. And if you think about what change is, positive change, negative change in our life, it is that neuroplasticity. I think people forget that the way the brain works, it doesn't really initially decipher right and wrong. It's just, is this body... In danger or is it not so we have this baseline homeostasis and anytime we might we try to make a change to that especially if we have deeply rooted habits our brains register that as danger which makes it so difficult to make changes even positive changes in our life Mm -hmm. so putting practice on your mat around pushing against that neuroplasticity and always being in that state of discomfort with which doesn't have to equate to physical muscular soreness it could just be coordination exercises with your thumb and index finger That's a way to train your brain to get used to making positive changes Essentially or creating the space to make positive changes.
2: That's awesome and when it comes to really becoming uncomfortable so that you can make a positive change What would you say are three of the best steps to really create that uncomfortability that you can learn from?
3: Oh, great question. So the three things for sustainable change for me is, is one, firstly understanding that awareness, before awareness, you need to have recognition. Recognition of where you are, recognition of where you're trying to go, And then from there, you build awareness around, okay, how is this pattern, how is this habit, how is this gap from where I am to where I wanna go showing up in all areas of my life, from indecisiveness to what I want to eat for dinner, to how I show up in relationships, to on the yoga mat or in careers and making choices and asking for that raise, starting that business, all of it. So first step is recognition. Second step is where in all areas of my life is this coming up? And then the third one is accountability. So there's so many resources out there, podcasts, YouTubes, leadership training programs, you know, all of it that provide really good tools. But then what can you do to provide accountability to yourself? And that might look like, a post-it note on your bathroom mirror so that you you're reminded every day i use the background of my phone so whatever i'm working on currently it shows up right on my phone you can be i mean journaling every day just making some sort of commitment that you're going to stay accountable every single day and that's how you make positive change
2: that's the way (laughs) that's the way commitment and accountability yes i feel those are like the two main things that Us as yogis really have to tap into to be able to feel that positive change on a day to day basis. Yes. Because it's like, um, you know, we have to prime ourselves for success. We have to really tap into that sense of being prepared for the success that we wish to have. Mm -hmm. And I feel oftentimes, um, you know, when you practice yoga, it's like, you know, I went to yoga class again and I'm not seeing the results that I want. It's like it's not just the yoga class itself, it's how you operate in every single moment of your life.
3: Yes, ways of being while you're doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And which is another thing that I'm focusing on right now too, which which is a lot of people are motivated to a certain extent to doing something but it always feels like you're going against the grain or you're swimming upstream. And that's because the deeper core belief is saying I'm not worthy Mm. Mm-hmm. and and what is how do you get rid of that belief like
2: what is like the cure-all for that feeling of not being worthy
3: oh the cure-all is getting really really honest really honest with yourself and I think right now what I'm seeing a lot of especially with social media is there's a lot of inspiration out there so as soon as you wake up you can open up your phone and get inspired right but you really got to get honest about what your baseline is when you operate so a really powerful exercise that i did was for i would say about several months last year as soon as i woke up i would stop for 15 minutes and let my brain just talk and all i was doing was observing, observing what my baseline talk was. And then I would write that down in a journal. And a lot of it, I didn't like the way I was talking to myself at all. But after I wrote down a paragraph or a couple paragraphs, I would go back and rephrase it into positive comments, positive sentences. So again, before you instill that inspiration, you got to get real honest about where you're at. And for a lot of us, it's not pretty. The self-talk is real negative up there for a lot of us.
2: Definitely. And I feel nowadays, especially with, you know, the Instagrams, the social medias, even just, you know, what we're watching on TV, it's like what we hear on the radio, like what you're subscribing to has a lot to do with uh, your beliefs and what you foresee as a desirable goal. And I feel that even, um, you know, with the, the positivity, it's really key to make the inspiration genuine make it something that you're really inspired to create like we're we're so often looking at someone else's page and saying i want to be able to do that it's like why do you want to be able to do that yes what is what is the basis of your desire what is the root of your passion you know and I feel that when we discover that, that's when it really taps into that that awareness, that that fire to like really make a change.
3: Yes, I'm so glad you said that because the why is so much more important than the actual doing of these positive change things. Mm-hmm. And you talked about, you asked about sustainability. Really, really, it comes down to what's your why behind all of it? What's your why of having this ideal life. At the end of the day, if we use finances as an example, no one cares about getting a million dollars. What you care about is what you think that will provide you. It'll provide you freedom, essentially. Forget financial freedom, what you're looking for on a deeper level is freedom. And when you're looking for freedom, you're really just looking for freedom to express your authenticity. And that shows up in relationship as well that shows up in anything, right? So when you look at the deeper why of things, that's just like you said, when it really makes that positive change stick. Hmm, That's the truth. Yeah. So
2: I wanna hear about some of the things that you're working on in your life right now, some of the things that you're excited about, some of the things that inspire you to keep doing what you do. Man, you know
3: what, It's 2019 is all about stepping out of my comfort zone and living everything that i'm preaching i do struggle with social anxiety a lot so this is real challenging for me um well you're doing great (laughs) you're doing great thank you i appreciate it again my why is seeing my own body healed i wake up without pain and seeing other people that i've worked with personally progressing so much, whether that's going from a place of pain to now not pain or just, hey, I've been practicing yoga for 20 years and I feel like I haven't progressed to now they're doing stuff in three months, six months that they couldn't do in the last 20 years. That's amazing. So I want to share that to as many people in the world as possible, which is why 2019 is all about traveling twice a month and teaching workshops. The plan so far is one international weekend and one domestic weekend. And just going after 2020 teacher trainings, offering these kind of trainings. So that's what I'm doing. At the same time, it's really just building my Instagram because for me, it's not about pretty photos. I wanna send the message that, hey, positive change is possible. And maybe just right now, if you don't believe it, truly believe it about yourself, Look at your practice, try out these exercises, see what changes in your own body. So that's that's my plan. Awesome. Yeah.
2: And that's great to hear. I mean, I feel like that's, that's the key is like, you know, being able to experience new spaces, having the opportunity to travel. I feel that so often we have this perception of what's here, you know, being that we live in California, you know, the happy, sunny state that it is with all these opportunities for possibilities. And we have yoga on every single corner here in Santa Monica and Venice, you know, every block. <laughs> and so it's like the opportunity to share that with the world is, is definitely a, it's a huge responsibility. And it's also a very, very big blessing that we have the able bodies and the conscious minds to do that.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I actually started out my Instagram trying to show people that you don't need to look a certain way in order to do these things with your body. And eventually, because I did lose 60 pounds, that changed. But the concept is still the same. Regardless of your inner injury, regardless of what you think you're capable of, it's, there's so much more. There's so much more there. You spoke a little bit about your why, mm-hmm.
2: and I feel that whenever we speak about our why's and our passions, and you know what really drives us to be the people that we are becoming, um, it really brings me back to why yoga. You could have been a doctor. You could have been, you know, a heart surgeon. Why yoga?
3: Why yoga? You know speaking into that but before that why not being a doctor the hours were insane but there was an element of in order to be really good at what you do you need to disconnect and you know with that disconnection it just you have to accept that your life is going to just be a certain way to a certain point it just it just is like life is a little sad because i'm dealing with people that are dying every day and that's just there's going to be an element of sadness of tiredness of exhaustion and that's just the way life is and i didn't want that for myself right i wanted to be happy i do believe that i can have that happy relationship i do believe that i could wake up every morning and be grateful for this life that i have um and I just didn't want that life and the environment that I was in wasn't breeding that kind of growth. So, as far as why yoga, yoga stresses unity, right? That's in the definition of yoga, unity, yoking. Um and and really I I started to feel more and more the more I dove deeper into the practice of meditation, deeper into the practice of be more authentic and just making this practice about me instead of shapes or like who else was in the room looking at me that connection just made me realize like yes this is the way to finding that happiness finding that peacefulness finding that internal gratitude not from a place of where you have to try and get gratitude every day or tell yourself you have gratitude you just are Gratitude. It sounds like you've discovered
2: your why and yes. you are definite in your purpose, your path. Yes. Now, my question for you is, what is your definition of yoga?
3: Ooh. I mean, the definition of, of yoga, and I spoke into it a little bit as far as being unity with your mind, with your body, with your soul, with your breath, all of it, just all around unity, connection. For me personally, what yoga means to me on, on a deeper level is, is that accountability, is the accountability to doing the work, to really be connected in like the biggest way possible. And it's not just about connection with other human beings, it's connection with yourself, with, your authenticity with the person that you want to become become because it's an ongoing journey always and all along the way there's always going to be a voice that says "Ooh, i'm willing to do the work but only the work that i'm comfortable with doing Mm. so really stepping into that discomfort but truly stepping into discomfort yoga is such a great subtle mirror or obvious mirror depending on how you want to play it. Hmm. So it's accountability for me. Definitely.
2: I like that a lot. I like that. That was a great definition.
3: (laughs) Oh, great question. (laughs) Uh,
2: And they keep coming. So if you can give our yoga revealers one golden nugget to help them on their path, what would it be?
3: I think the biggest golden nugget is... With anything that you're trying to do, I truly, truly believe that we're all trying 100%. You really, really have to, one, get really in touch with what your core belief is, and you need to change that. Otherwise, all this effort that you're doing towards the life that you're trying to build is always gonna be not sustainable. And I love that you stressed the word sustainability because with any change, that's that's where it's at how many times do you reach a point and then you just fall off right it's not about reaching it it's about making it your way of being the only way to make it your way of being is you need to believe you need to believe that you're worthy of all these things so golden nugget is any change you're trying to make in your life you gotta change your beliefs you gotta change your core beliefs well
2: thank you so much it's my pleasure.
3: Thank you. <laughs> the
2: Yoga Revealers are brighter for your courage to step beyond your limited beliefs and to step into your power. And I really appreciate
3: your time today, Hero. Oh my God, this was such an honor. <sighs> Thank you. And I got to touch the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, blessings and Namaste. Namaste.
2: Thank you for tuning into the Yoga Revealed podcast. Be sure to check out Hero Lanzuri on Instagram at actionhero, and that's hero with an I for daily inspiration. Or visit his website, actionhero.com, for his upcoming events and workshops worldwide. Make sure to share this episode with a friend and give us a five-star review if you truly appreciate the inspiring interviews that we do. This is a community shaped by you. Let's shine bright and stay true. Until next time, blessings and namaste yogis.